0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm
1: Robert Luke, Associate Editor at Cargo Facts.
0: And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor
2: of Cargo Facts.
0: To wrap up the year, we thought it'd be special to bring on our guest this evening, Senior Consultants at Cargo Facts Consulting, Jim Edgar. Jim, thank you for joining us this evening.
3: My pleasure.
0: I wanna open up very broadly. It's been a very eventful year in the freighter industry. When is it not? But what do you think your your takeaways or highlights from this year have been?
3: I think uh, from my perspective and in, in looking over the past uh, 12 months uh, and even longer is uh, the effect of the pandemic on, on our industry, traffic obviously uh, was much higher compared to the other parts of our industry, particularly passenger, but even as passenger begins returning and domestic is almost there, uh, international, intercontinental recovering nicely, but uh, air cargo has really, air cargo and freighters, the topics uh, have really come into their own, and. Uh, I go back to Farnborough this past summer and uh, comments that we made during a, a podcast uh, uh, after that event um, that I think were significant in that uh, the number of stories and uh, items that were reported, even in the general uh, air transportation press, um, revolved around air cargo and freighters. And that hasn't always been the case and uh, so i think the the prominence of our industry uh not just of world commerce but in air transportation so you usually hear much much more about passenger developments but i think air cargo and freighters have really come on strong and uh, will continue to in the future so it's reflected in the number of model types offered the breadth and depth of the kinds of freighters uh, all the way from the largest which used to be the the dominant Uh, down to to, uh, really drones and uh, UAVs and everything in between, regional freighters, turboprops, uh, jets, um, narrow bodies. So uh, I'm just uh, really uh, struck by uh, how much uh, exposure and attention our uh, industry is uh, is getting.
1: And that's a great point, Jim. Um, I wanna just interject here as well as we reflect on this year. And I personally think uh, there's a transition that's taking place. And also, at the same time, we're seeing a wonderful swan song as we kind of wrap up this uh, post-COVID era. You saw a lot of the classics, whether they were the 767-200Fs to the 737 classics, really define their value and what their contributions were to the market as we prepare to also say goodbye to the uh, era of the 747, we begin to also welcome the new age of twin-engine freighters, whether it's the uh, 777-300 conversions that are being developed, to the A321s that are starting to pick up some momentum here on the market, uh, the, of course, everlasting strong presence of the 737 and the uh, introduction of the A350 factory-built freighter from Airbus Plus the A330s. Um, I I would just say let's let's talk about those a little bit and just Jim, what are your thoughts based on uh, what we're seeing happening with the older freighters and the introduction of the new ones? Do you think I think it was just a, a a smooth ending for me personally, but what are your thoughts on it as far as what they brought to the market and what the new freighters emerging into the market will bring?
3: Well, I think that it's something that we've anticipated for a very long time, but uh... The emergence of the A321 and the various uh, uh, providers of those and the A330 uh, conversions are uh, really um, proliferating and uh, we're gonna continue to see those fleets uh, expand dramatically. Um, Obviously the uh, 737-800 has been a strong uh, leader and uh, model type, but uh, boy, the, the A321 and A330s are really, uh, you just, you hear more and more uh, about them and orders and interest. And then obviously the, uh, at the top end uh, between the uh, A350, which will be two years earlier than the 777-8F is also a, a huge um, item of interest for me personally, but I think for the industry as well. Um, as uh, 747-400s are retired. And uh, so I I think the A321 and the A330 are big stories and uh, bear um, watching um, as the the next year progresses for sure.
0: On the A330s and A321s note, I always wanna ask how many A321s does it take to screw in a light bulb that was left uh, from the 747? uh and production um but do you think that the development of these um airbus uh, freighter types being both the a330 and a321 may affect the um current race that we see for between the a350f and the 777-8f um in replacing the queen of the skies
3: i know that the uh the airbus folks would uh maybe take issue with me but i don't see um fleet commonality between wide bodies and standard body freighters is being so significant. Um, obviously, the express carriers, the e-commerce uh, carriers um, uh, have mixed fleets as wide bodies and standard bodies, but I don't think it's a significant factor um, as it would be in the passenger side and uh, particularly side stick versus uh, uh, yoke, center yoke. Um, but. Uh, um, I think it's very possible that the, that the operators of both types will get Airbus and Boeing freighters, standard bodies and wide bodies. There seems to be, um, fleet commonality doesn't seem to be as big a factor as it is on the passenger side. I actually think that's, um, I, I would kind of disagree with that. Um, and
2: we have seen, um, you know, some operators that are seemingly taking advantage of um, fleet commonality and, um i suspect we'll continue to see more of that um and so you know for example smart links is one that i'm thinking of with its uh passenger fleet of um airbus family narrowbodies um and we are seeing them of course move into and build a pretty what will be a pretty large fleet of a321 freighters but then um in year or so they will also be moving into the wide body the a330 um segment and that i feel like is at least partly um based on the commonality aspect of it um so i i think the commonality aspect um does come into play quite a bit
3: i think we have examples of uh you know particularly mixed fleets among the express and the e-commerce and part of it is just a matter of adding capacity but uh, i'm thinking of as an example lufthansa cargo who um, had md-11s a unique airplane type in their fleet triple seven freighters unique airplane type in their fleet um cafe who had seven four seven eights but no passenger versions um so uh, So we'll have to wait and see what happens but uh, um, certainly commonality is a factor I don't want to dismiss it entirely but I guess as I see the fleets develop and smart links is a particularly good example to make your point Jeff but uh, um, I'm just not sure uh, that it's going to be as big a factor but uh, you know that's that's why we monitor the industry
2: that's going to be an interesting one to to observe, isn't it? Um, of course they have passenger A350s, but the, right now at least, the, their freighters are, they don't have any passenger 747s in their passenger fleet, um, and that's the, I know, that's the kind of thing you were talking about. With Lufthansa as well, they don't um, mostly have airbuses um on their passenger side, but they're, they'll be taking the new 777-8 um, to add to their tr- existing 777 freighters. So. Yeah, and that, so that's this really has been um I feel like it's been the year of um this this shift um in the large wide body space. Um and it you know started off with the the bumper launch order from uh, Qatar with Boeing for the triple seven-eight F. And now both um the triple seven-eight F and the A350 F, um are well into the the double digits now in terms of their their orders and so um this this rivalry just continues and we we do expect quite a few more of these um combination carriers and other cargo carriers to to you know make their choice um in this in this segment
1: i'm gonna step in real quick if you guys don't mind and i'm gonna ask a question with the you know inevitable retirement of the tri and quad engine freighters, my first uh, part of my question is, are we going to see how successful or will the twin engine y bodies coming in to replace them require more in fleet numbers to meet the volume and passenger and and payload, excuse me, that these uh, uh tri and quad engine jets were capable of carrying? And if that's the case, are we still seeing the same amount of carbon emissions being released into the environment that these current freighters are, are currently uh, disposing when they take flight and, and are currently uh, in service?
3: You ask an awful lot of questions
1: <laughs>
3: all at <laughs> once, but uh, uh, I, I think it's it's fair to say that there's fleet replacement involved in new orders and growth. And um, the, the The A350 as well as the 777-8F are very comparable to what they're replacing, Um, so I'm not sure we're going to see a tremendous number of orders based on slightly less capacity. They're much, much more fuel efficient and environmentally uh, friendly, Um, so I, I think those are going to be things we're going to be hearing more about, because uh, as the older aircraft, the older freighters are replaced with the newer, more efficient, more environmentally sensitive uh, freighters, um, that's going to be uh, the contribution of our industry in, in uh, resolving that. So, um, yeah, I I just think it's it's. You know, you can look at the various forecasts out there, including our own from CFC, and see how much uh, replacement versus growth. But uh, I I think it's pretty much a one for one. They're, They're pretty close in terms of capacities. They aren't that dramatically different at the high end.
0: So there was a lot of market shifts. And for certain viewers like me, Um, who I'm not a fan of either player. I just love the game and I hope both teams have fun. I want to know if these new entrants, whether they be the rise of the Airbus platform or even new um, offerings from ATR and Dash 8 and and Embraer. uh, I want to see if you think that this is a sign of increasing competition uh, in the space or just general growth of the industry and changing market
3: conditions. I think you answer in the affirmative to both. <laughs> Again, it's uh, uh, there's much more competition. We've seen the the huge increase in number of conversion providers, just unprecedented. Multiple it used to be. Uh, two or one, maybe three different choices for each model type and it's, it's way beyond that now. Just look at the 777 as an example. But uh, so, you know, I, I, I mentioned uh, at the beginning the, the breadth and the depth. So the breadth would cover the number of choices within a model type, but the depth would cover the model types. Uh, you know, we've got um, very competitive aircraft at the top end and very competitive uh, alternatives at the, the lower end, the lower capacity end, including, um, you know, what you've been reporting uh, con- continuously uh, regarding uh, drones. So uh, it's, everything is, is growing. It's becoming more competitive. It's becoming more uh, specialized. So uh, lots and lots of choices, lots and lots to report on and, and for our four events uh, next year look really looking forward to those
2: but at the same time i mean um we are seeing and continue to see the number of operators and the the diversity in the in freighter operators just that just grows week by week and with seeing new operators new leasing companies entering the freighter space um and just you know it's so fascinating to see airlines that either haven't had freighters for a long time or have never operated freighters now really taking a serious look and some already making the move um into the freighter space and so many of these have been through either a321s or 737 800s um and i think that's just a sign that the the market's still strong and um yeah, I can't wait to see which new entrants we'll see um, in the year ahead.
3: And I think it uh, is consistent with our opening comments about the, the prominence that our segment, air cargo and freighters uh, are receiving in the industry, people are taking industry, people are taking notice, and they want to get they want to get involved. And so That makes it all the more important that we keep the information, the reporting, the analysis coming and uh, keep our customers uh, informed so that they can make the best decision for their particular competitive strategies.
2: But speaking of new operators, we have to mention, of course, that we lost a few operators as well because of the Russian sanctions, including, you know, major uh, 747 operator, AirBridge Cargo um, and You know some 737s and the interesting thing about that is that because of that and because of all the legal um issues surrounding those aircraft we have already seen some movement on that front um and we're seeing these aircraft kind of find new operators new homes but we yeah there i mean there are still a few that are um waiting to be picked up and are not in russia so Those do, I think, have a chance of um, being being acquired or picked up by by other people.
1: Yes, I agree. I think there's definitely uh, room for growth with those uh, available assets. And I think the fortunate part of this whole uh, conflict that has been evolving for, you know, going on uh, about a year and some change now is that uh, is it happened during a time and period where the industry was already in the process of transitioning. So it wasn't as difficult to cope with if it was pre 2019, so to speak, where it would have really had a huge impact on the market. So um, I think it was just, you know, not the greatest thing to happen, but it happened. It couldn't happen at a better time.
0: I I wanted to uh, ask. I feel like the mood was kind of a little mellow um, at in October. Um, about the idea of maybe a impending slowdown of the global economy or everyone was sitting on bated breath. But when you bring up um, what is a truly by now a global conflict, I feel that we're switching into a wartime economy. And um, do, does, this, does this move the ball as far as um, giving the industry just a little longer um of a growth p- period um yeah I, I i think it can go either way personally but i i want to see what the room feels on that
3: there's no shortage of uncertainty uh geopolitical um you know the uh pandemic uh isn't over um nor are the effects um consumer uh willingness to uh, spend um there are a lot of things going on. Um, there's always a lot of challenges, but this is this is an unusually volatile time. With that said, we're obviously we've got a soft uh, period right now, but uh, uh, so it remains to be seen if uh, those that uh, say that we're overcapacitized or with all the orders. And the conversions in line that will be overcapacitized at some point. I don't see it yet. I know that some carriers have parked uh, some amount of their fleets, but uh, I think generally the the industry's doing pretty well. Um, usually reflected in the the yields. That's kind of the the uh, the first indicator. You look at what the yields are, upcoming yields, and they'll give you. Uh, an indication of uh how strong traffic is how strong forward demand is
2: so looking uh, ahead let's just um do a quick round of you know the, the major milestones or events or developments that we are looking forward to most um for next year uh rob do you want to start
1: well what i'm not really looking forward to is the final farewell ceremony of the esteemed beautiful 747 you knew that was coming Jeff so I mean uh, I'm not looking forward to that I've always been a fan of that aircraft it's been not just iconic but it's been a emblem of American history for quite some time and it's going to be sorely missed Um, what I am looking forward to uh, I would definitely because I've always been a fan of this particular turbo prop, especially having worked it as a former ramp agent with Northwest Airlink, is the actual Dash AQ 400 the 400 variant of the Dash AQ series, uh, being certified and fully put into operation. I would I'm, I'm very curious to see how that's going to be because I do believe that you know with the uh, up and coming E190F, we're seeing a significant transition, uh, where the 737 was pretty much, you know, the oligopoly aircraft freighter in those markets, Uh, you're seeing these two aircraft that are coming in that are going to be able to take some market share from that um, 737 classic space. So those would be the ones that I would focus on.
3: Hmm. Jim? Yeah, Jeff, you touched on it. I'm really looking forward to uh, some of the the major carriers who haven't uh, announced for the, the newest large freighters between the A350 and the 777-8F. So you're looking at FedEx, Emirates, and you know whether the market will sustain orders, I'm sure they're both or all of the remaining carriers that we're kind of waiting on um, are evaluating uh, what the risk might be, timing and so on. But I'm really looking forward to uh, some of those carriers making decisions. And then uh, I mentioned earlier uh, the four uh cargo Facts events um in the various regions of the world really really looking forward to getting back with uh, the industry experts and uh, uh always a good time in uh, the sessions so those are two things i'm looking forward to advance orders and uh, uh our events coming up andrew
0: i think 2023 is going to represent a paradigm shift for um, the drone industry, um, which I there's extreme potential. I think a much greater likelihood that it would become in and of itself its own market and industry with uh, within the last mile logistical system. But uh, you're gonna we're looking at a lot of certifications predominantly in Europe um, expected in 2023. Um, where you can start seeing these drones really start flying on scale. Um, now, drone delivery has been, I think, the biggest yawn of the last 10 years, because it, uh, in, in the early 2010s, we we're like, this is the next best thing tomorrow, and which it never came. The the market wasn't ready for it, the regulations certainly weren't, and the Um, outside of the developing world, there was a struggle for use case. Um, That's no longer the narrative. We're seeing certifications, we're seeing orders and uh, hopefully a lot of deliveries um, in the next year. Um, But with that being said, um, that is going to be all the time we have for today. Jim, I want to thank you for um, joining us uh, to share your knowledge and insights. with our listeners. Um and I want to thank our listeners for joining us um this year. Um that uh, Rob, I think you'll join me in this enthusiasm. This was been our first year um for this podcast on on the publication. Um yes.
1: completely awesome. Loved it. Uh look forward to 2023. Uh and to our listeners and my fellow uh co podcast members, uh I just want to extend a warm thank you and a Happy holidays to everyone, and uh, I look forward to continuing this into twenty twenty three. And sorry for the interruption, Andrew. Please go ahead.
2: <laughs> no, we are interrupting. Okay. Can I interrupt? <laughs> you, you didn't ask. You didn't give me a chance to say what I was looking forward to. Because um, uh, uh, I, I was going to mention um, the Triple Seven three hundred ERSF. Um, we'll see it fly hopefully next early next year. And uh, we'll see it, yeah, progress toward the eventual um, certification goal and um, into service um, shortly after that. So that's definitely one of the main things I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, so this, yeah, also looking back on this year, of course, uh, I was, we have you, the two of you joining me um, on the publication and it's been fun, it's been great. and. Yeah, we'll continue um, to try and do our best next year.
0: With the videos off, you couldn't imagine the face palm um, I had. I hope you'll save me um, in the edit. Um, <laughs> but um, for those of you listening, thank you. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search cargofacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Join us again next time. Happy
2: Holidays. Happy Holidays. See you next year.
3: Happy Holidays. Bye.